Today's episode of Van Lathan's The Red Pill is brought to you by Showtime and the critically acclaimed series The Shy. The heart and soul of Chicago's South Side lies in its community. But when your world is a daily struggle just to get by, can you rise up, stand tall, and realize a better tomorrow? Watch as Ronnie, Brandon, Emmett, and Kevin confront the tough choices that will shape their futures in The Shy. Created by, uh, created and executive produced by Emmy winner Lena Waithe a cultural superhuman being, an Academy Award winning common, one of our finest minds in the history of entertainment. Uh, oh, the connotation was off there. <coughs> uh, the Shy is created and executive produced by Emmy winner Lena Waithe, an Academy Award winner common, two people incredibly talented and very important to the community. The new season of The Shy premieres Sunday, April 7th at 10 p.m. Um, that is this Sunday only on Showtime. To try a month free of Showtime, go to Showtime.com and enter the code REDPILL. That is R-E-D-P-I-L-L. This offer is for first-time subscribers only. It expires May 6th, 2019. And while you're enjoying your free um, month, uh, don't just uh, enjoy The Shy, which is a fantastic show with my man, Jason Mitchell. Also, make sure and check out Deezus and Miro, uh, my homeboys over there, redefining late night on Showtime. Showtime's got great programming. Uh, the Shy is fantastic. The Zamero is fantastic as well. Uh, the Zamero, not part of this ad read, but they're my guys, so they, they get the they get the love. Welcome to Van Lathan's The Red Pill, where we give you the brutal reality of truth. Uh, no guest today. Um, if my vacation request was accepted and approved, I am not at work right now. Um, so I don't know anything that you heard. This is kind of the the magic of, uh, of of editing and stuff. Anything that you heard, any pre-rolls or anything that you hear me read out, um, that came uh, later. So it might sound a little weird. Whatever, I'm not here today. I am taping this on Friday. That's why if you're looking at the video and my line looks like it grown, it's grown in a little bit and my part doesn't look very shape, uh, shaped up and my mustache is a little grown in. I look like Danny Glover from the Lethal Weapon movies. Uh, it's because it's the end of the week and I'm scheduled to get my hair cut tonight. So tonight I'm going to get my hair cut and then when I get my hair cut, I'm going to be sexy until about Sunday at 3. So the hair starts to grow back in and then I won't look good anymore. But Friday, Saturday, I'll be handsome. Sunday, it's the beginning of the end. Uh, uh, first of all, I am assuming, since this is going up on my birthday, that I got tons of birthday well wishes from everyone. I'm assuming that all of you guys are saying, happy birthday, Van, way to go. I'm turning 39. A lot of y'all are making jokes about how old I am. A lot of y'all are saying, oh, I didn't know that you were 39. You don't look 39. Uh, I appreciate that. Some of y'all are going, God damn, nigga, you old as fuck. Uh, you don't have to keep, you know, be, be, keep positive. You don't have to remind me of that all the time. Um, but yes, I'm getting up there. Next year, I'll be 40 years old, which is wild to me. Because I don't feel 40. I am going to take the presents and the well wishes that I received for my birthday, and I'm going to give you guys a present. Okay, we're not going to do a full podcast here. We're coming back almost, this is almost like the end to me of uh, Red Pill Podcast Season 1. We're going to take a break, basically, give you guys a little bit, and then we're going to come back with some uh, very awesome podcasts. We have Reza Islam coming up. We have Colin Owen the War from the NRA coming up. We got DeRay Davis coming up. We got a lot of people coming up, uh, and we're going to give you those podcasts as well. Also, 
Corinne Stephens is coming up, so hold on to you guys' shit. Um, I'm going to give you a present. I'm going to give you the story of a seminal and important moment in my life. A seminal and important moment, not just in my life, but in the life of me and my mother and the beautiful relationship that we had. The day that I realized something and the day that she realized something. Okay. This was, I believe, 1990. 90 or 91. My mother and I are sitting down. Okay. And we are watching Do the Right Thing. Now, if you haven't seen Do the Right Thing before, it's a great movie. Uh, directed um, and written by the visionary talent, Spike Lee. Starring Spike himself, Danny Aiello, Giancarlo Esposito, Rosie Perez, uh, the great Bill Nunn, rest in peace. Uh, a, a sort of cameo-ish role from Samuel L. Jackson. He's in that movie as well. Fantastic cast. Fantastic movie, amazing, amazing cinematic achievement. I'm sitting down and I'm watching this film with my mother. And at some point in this movie, my mother, and I can actually even tell this then, at a kid, I was 10 or 11, uh, depending on which year it was, I can't remember the exact year, um, I, rem I saw that my mom was into the fact that I was into the movie. Think about it, think about being a mom, and every time your son has control of the television, you gotta watch He-Man. You got to watch Masters of the Universe, G.I. Joe, Camp Candy, the GoBots, Voltron, the Thundercats. You don't want to watch that shit. It's okay maybe for like five or ten minutes, but after a while, you know, you're, you're off it. Every once in a while we get together as a family, watch Harlem Nice Trading Places, something like that. That was for everyone. But most of the time when I have the TV, she doesn't. But in this particular case, I'm watching something with my mother. Um, and... I'm enjoying it. And she's into the fact that her kid is enjoying it too. Her little baby's growing up. So I'm watching a movie. I'm getting all into it. And at some point, my mom, who her greatest superpower is the ability to know when it's time to teach a lesson. Like my mother is good and great and wonderful because her mind is directly connected to the spirit of God. And so when she gets a quickening, she gives it right to you. Hey, this is what you need to know in this particular point. This is what you need to know at that particular point. She's good at that. She's divine like that. She's awesome and amazing like that. So we're sitting down, we're watching a movie, and I'm into it, you know. Um, pretty soon, Rosie Perez's breasts are going to come up on the screen. They're going to change my life forever. Uh, and my mom looks at me and she says, did you know that Mookie... Mookie, the guy right there, his name is Spike Lee. He wrote and directed the movie. I look at my mom, I go, uh, what does that mean? By the way, I just licked my lips. And I'm hoping when I licked my lips right there, they were a little dry. And I'm hoping that the first part of this, I didn't have ashy lips because there's nothing but white boys in here right now. And they wouldn't know whether or not my lips were ashy or not. So if my lips were ashy for that entire time, I apologize, especially to my mom, who, no matter how beautiful this story is, the thing that she would call me up and talk to me about was the fact that my lips were ashy the whole time I was telling it. Doesn't matter what I say about her. Don't matter how nice it is. If you tell a story with ashy lips, you're not going to get through to my mom. Boy, you out there in L.A., I know it's windy. I'm going to send you five boxes of Carmex, and you better use all them motherfuckers. Anyway, um, <clears throat> so we're watching the movie. My mother says to me, she says, Mookie. 
guy's name is Spike Lee, he wrote and directed this movie. And I'm like, what does that mean? And she says, well, you know how you write stories? I'm like, yes. She's like, uh, <laughs> tell you about a story I wrote one day too. Got me in trouble in school. Um, she's like, you know how you write stories? Yes. So he wrote the story that they're all acting out. And uh, the director, that means that on the set, when they're shooting the movie, he's the guy that stands and tells everybody else what to do. So if you see the camera swooping in from somewhere, he set that up. Everything that they're talking, the way that they talk, how that they talk, he is in charge when they're on the set. He is the boss. He is the guy. Everything that you see comes from out of his mind because he wrote it and then he directed it. He gave the movie its visual look, its pace, and its tone. My response without missing a beat to my mother was, they let black people do that? No hesitation. She paused. And my mother does this other great thing to where when she's really affected by something, she kind of <gasps> wells up before she answers, before she downloads whatever she's going to do. She caught herself in this moment because she didn't realize that I had gotten a whole bunch of information that she hadn't given me. She didn't get the fact that while she was telling me that I could be and do whatever I want, society and where I was was giving me a completely different set of rules. See, the reality is that I wasn't seeing too many people that were super successful and uber successful, and I wasn't seeing any people that were standing around telling people what to do that were black. My father owned his own business. I wasn't out there with him just yet. So I wasn't seeing I wasn't intimately acquainted with black entrepreneurship, black ownership, black excellence. I just wasn't seeing it as much as I should yet. My mother goes, yeah, of course. You can do whatever it is that you like. Like all of those people listen to him, they finance his movie, they finance his idea, and uh, he is responsible for whether or not that's good or bad all his responsibility, all his power, and that can be you no matter what it is that you're trying to do. Two things happened after this. Number one, I changed. I changed from the very notion that a black man was in charge. I changed. For the rest of my life, I was in charge. If in charge of no one but myself, I was in charge. If I'm in a room, you talk to me, you get exactly what, what's in my mind from me. If we're out somewhere, you got something to say, you get exactly what you're, you're, you're like, what, what's on my heart. Always. I had, been, I had been given permission in that moment right there to never be a beta to anyone's alpha ever again. And that doesn't mean I went around imposing my will on people. That doesn't mean I run around being bossy and telling people what to do. What I was told, shown in that moment, is that there is no limit, no cap, um, uh, no sort of, <laughs> I don't know, check, no end to what a black man can accomplish. And that's because Spike Lee had directed a movie. Now, 
I would love to say that mom didn't cry here, but she cried. She cried because in this moment, my mother realized what she was up against. She got it. This is not to say that um, my parents hadn't done exactly what they were supposed to do with me. They always did. <clears throat> my father gave me a backbone. My mother gave me compassion. These were the greatest gifts that they could possibly give to me. My mother gave me the ability to multitask. My mother gave me the ability to walk into a room and be enough of a man to realize that being a man wasn't implanting myself, or excuse me, wasn't uh, dominating other people and putting them under my thumb um, and making them feel afraid as soon as I step into a room. My mother gave me a part of manhood that only a woman can give to a man. The part of manhood to where you're strong and, and centered enough in yourself where you can lean into somebody else. Lean into them, empower them, make them laugh, help them. And I've spent a lot of my life trying to master that and trying to get away from the part of me that just wants to go in, win everything, and dominate everything. Um, I think that the reason why this moment has never left my brain is because, and I'm sure um, it's, it's, it's probably left hers, I think the reason why this moment has never left my brain uh, is because the knowing of who you are, what you are, and what your purpose is, is the most powerful gift that human beings have. Once again, my birthday, gift-giving time. Um, and you can only get it from someone who has access to it for themselves, knows how to find it, or knows how to explain it to you. If that makes any sense. Um, in this particular case, uh, a relationship between a mother and a son ended up in a conversation where for the rest of my life, I've chased the arts. I've wanted to be the, the, the guy on the set telling people what to do, writing with them, working with them, getting my art out so that then one day some kid can be inspired to change their situation and change their mindset uh, like I was from Spike Lee, which doesn't matter how uh, crazy bad a Spike Lee movie is <laughs> I'll never diss Spike in person because he literally changed my life like literally um, for my mother I think that what she realized was that there are parts of this game that you have to be able to touch a little while later I would go to the doctor's office of my friend, Travis. Travis Messina, his father was an orthopedic surgeon. He was a surgeon of some sort, and, um, or a, a re rehabilitation guy of some sort. And we went into uh, uh, Travis's office, uh, Travis's dad's office, and Shaquille O'Neal was in there, Shaq. Um, at that point in my life, I thought that I had to be either a ball player or a rapper or um, someone super famous and rich and, and ingrained into the entertainment industry to meet or hang out with somebody like Shaq, right? Travis's dad was a doctor. Doctors get to hang around Shaq. They get to live 
in amazing, nice homes and be around amazing, interesting, incredible people. They get to do that. So the reality is that if you really want to live that type of life, all you got to do is go to school and get good grades. That's it. Now, Travis and the rest of my other friends who were white and going to McKinley Middle or wherever I was going at the time, that was a little bit later, they get that reinforcement every single day. Every single day, they get reinforcement that accountants and doctors and financial guys and uh, small business owners, all of these people are successful, in control, in charge, and living great, amazing lives. Where I was from, just didn't get it. We did fine. We always did. But I didn't see too much of that around. I just didn't. I saw people that were doing their best to try to eke out a life and fit into a society uh, uh, peacefully um, and doing the best that they can. I didn't see too many people that were trying to reshape one. And it's not a fault of theirs. It's just the way things go. I saw in my community uh, survival and getting by, if you will, was sort of the imperative. But actually reshaping things to bend to your will, that was something that I didn't see very much of. And when you did see it, you saw brothers taking incredibly risky chances in order to do it. So, what is the greatest gift that I've been given in my life? The greatest gift that I've been given in my life, which my mom and Spike Lee teamed up for, um, is the gift of belief. I believe in myself. I believe in myself and I believe in my community. Bar none, the end. None of what they say about y'all do I believe because I know y'all. And when I say my community, I don't just mean black and brown people. I mean them first. Sorry, Austin. But I don't just mean them. I mean everyone that is in search of freedom, equality, and fair and equal expression, not just America, but in the world. All of those people are part of my community. No matter what background, no matter what orientation, no matter what speck of the map they're from, if you're about that, if you're about having a good time, a free time, an amazing time, an expressive time, uh, free of oppression, then you're part of my community. And I believe in you. And the gift that I'm giving back to you guys on my birthday is the pledge that that belief will translate into work. And that it's not a, lot, not a lot of talk. That I'll always work for you. That I'll always be available to you. Um, and that I'll always advocate for you. Unless you're trying to get me to listen to you rap. This is very important. Take everything that I just said. Now, if that was going to compel you to send me a SoundCloud link, don't do it. It's not what I meant. I believe in you, but not in your trap sounds. Because there's just too many people giving me stuff to listen to. I don't work at Arista, dog. I don't even know if Arista is still a thing. Like, do I know Puff? Yeah. But I got my own stuff to talk to Puff about. 
You think I'm gonna talk to Puff about your music? Not right now. Now, my homies that are really rapping and doing it good, y'all know I fuck with y'all, but I digress. This is for me saying, on the real, don't send me no more music. If you're waiting for me to say that I'm joking, you're gonna be waiting for a long time. I mean it, no more music. However, anything else you wanna talk about? Anything else you wanna jive about? Anything else you wanna uh, kick around as we figure out how to take these ideas and these feelings and build them into thriving, successful, um, and amazing communities? I'm with that. I'm with making the art. I'm with making the sacrifice. Maddie, what are you talking about back there? We got the Masters on. The what? The Masters. Tiger, Tiger just almost hit a, uh, an eagle. <clears throat> so this is where we talk about problematic people. So I'm delivering a heartfelt message to the people out here. And Maddie, my producer, who I work symbiotically with to produce this stuff, is watching golf. Maddie says that he's not white. But that's pretty fucking white if you ask me right there. I'm just saying. I, no, no, I'm just, I'm just saying, Maddie. Like, like, just like, I'm, not, I'm just saying that's, that's pretty fucking white. But anyway, it's not going to be a full podcast. I'm about to go. I just want to say that uh, the beginning of this year has been bizarre. Um, it's been <coughs> emotionally taxing, especially considering what the community of Los Angeles just went through. Um, the one thing that shouldn't and probably won't change is the fact that uh, there are two things that it's going to take for us to make our lives easier. One is belief and the other one is work. You can't work for something that you don't believe in. Excuse me. <laughs> That's actually not true. You shouldn't work for something that you don't believe in. Because <laughs> some of us do it every day. Um, but you also, uh, if you believe in something, you have to do the work. If you believe in it, you have to do the work. Spike didn't just, do the right thing didn't just come together. Spike wrote it. He directed it. But even before he directed it, he had to get the money together, had to do all of these steps. And what he put forth still inspires me to this day and made one of the most precious moments I've ever had in my life. So I want to thank him. I want to thank my mother. And I want to thank my sister for not fucking with that movie. She doesn't really fuck with it too much. She likes other Spike Lee movies. She likes Crooklyn, which is not as good as Do the Right Thing. But my sister, uh, another person who really was uh, instrumental in me becoming um, a strong person because she would do this thing to me to make me tough where she would slap the shit out of me every time she saw me. And that was important. So, Ebony, if you're watching this, I love you. Thank you guys for the happy birthday gifts. We appreciate you listening to The Red Pill. We appreciate you accepting of this little mini podcast. We're not going to give you a whole podcast. Austin, do you have anything to say to the people? Austin's going to jump on the mic. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Appreciate that. Maddie, are you going to risk me a happy birthday? Yeah. Appreciate it. John? 
it's kind of weird when you're like going like one by one and asking friends. Well, I'm, I'm not. I'm asking because the reality is that y'all. I, I, I put all of this out there, and at no time did any of you guys say a happy birthday to me. I know, but we're doing it now, and I won't be here Tuesday if my vacation request got got approved. So I won't be here. So I just thought maybe you guys would want to say it now. But once, well, nah, fuck it, now, nah, fuck that shit. <laughs> I don't want no happy birthday from you, motherfuckers. Now, Mama, I love you. Dad, I got a million good stories to tell about you, and they will all be told, including the time that you told me. It would be shameful for me to be a virgin at 16. We're going to donate an entire podcast to the time that you told me you don't want to be 16 and be no virgin. Then he says, okay, if you're going to be having sex, let's go get some condoms. And then uh, we go we get the condoms. And then he says, now, I didn't buy you them condoms for you to be snapping them off like no snap-on tool. Putting them on like my dad was afraid I was gonna masturbate in the condoms. By the way, condom masturbation was a big deal. Did you guys ever do that? No. Maddie, stop acting like you never jack off, dog. Like that look like I'm, I'm serious. Like it's like it's, it's like that's weird. That's weird that like people listen to this and they think, yo, what kind of weirdos is Van working with? Like that this guy always acts like there's something wrong with it. They're talking it about the fact that you're never existed. Actually, you're just talking to no one. Well, no, we're talking to no one here. <laughs> you, because because you, Maddie, trying to act like you don't jack off. Maddie, seriously. That's not what I said. I didn't say. So that. how often do you do it? That's not what I'm going to answer at all. <laughs> well, well, I'm telling you, why wouldn't you answer that? Because I'm not. Is, can we hear Maddie right now? <laughs> no. Well, like Maddie, Maddie, like why wouldn't? You, but why wouldn't you? Maddie doesn't want to talk about this. Maddie, get on the mic real quick. Get on the mic. Why? What's so? What's so fucking terrible? No, I'm about not, talking to people. I just showed no, how much I, I, I got something to say about this. What? Working with Van, this is what he does. He he doesn't. Van, very nice guy. I'll, I'll get the niceties out of the way. He's a very nice guy. He actually really does care about. Yeah, you, know, <laughs> you have really intense one-on-one conversations with him. But the thing is, you have to be. You have to have one eye open all the time because anytime you, you talk to Van, he's just looking for something he can use against you, like as like this ruthless, like like I'm trying to think of like like a Napoleon, like what are you like like, like about? Try, you're, you're just you're just trying to get anything out of the the conversation that you can use for to to make fun <laughs> of someone a week later in front of in front of someone they they they, they like or they idolize, you know, in front of their boss. Listen, let me tell you something. How many times have you told that Austin story about him being high? You know, yo. The reality <laughs> is that I saw Austin <laughs> high. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's yet like. Is if uh, to me the only thing about that is if the story is a lie. I saw Austin High at right. a gas station right. harassing some lady's dog, which this nigga thought was a pig. That's how high he was. <laughs> it, was a rat. it was a rat, definitely a dog, by the way. But what I'm trying to understand is, and we're gonna let you guys go in a second. I appreciate. I, I promise you. What I'm trying to understand is, and by the way. I really do love y'all, and I appreciate all the birthday well wishes that I know I'm going to get. And uh, more to this point, I appreciate the well wishes that I get from people every single day. I'm doing my best, I'm a, uh, like, um, but I appreciate the fact that you guys appreciate me so much. But back to Maddie and this jacking off thing. Like, like it, it, to me, it's weirder to me, especially at this time. Let's talk about this for a second. We live in like an apex of jacking off. It's, it's never, masturbation has never been more accepted. When I was growing up in Baton Rouge, you couldn't even admit it that you jacked off. 
You couldn't even talk about it. Like, someone would be like, ugh, you jack off. The only person that would admit that they were jacking off were the white guys, actually. They would be like, Fuck, fucking yeah. White boy, by the way, white boys back then would say that they jacked off to, like, weird shit. It'd be like, yo, man, a fucking Metallica video came on and I just had to go. I'm like, yo, that's weird. But but um, but um, now everyone talks about it. Everybody is a Pornhub is everywhere. everywhere. Everyone's talking about masturbation. I saw some kind of Chinese masturb masturbation machine. Have you seen that video? I have. Right. So you can pay and buy that and put it in your house. Why are you still so skittish about telling the world? I'm not the I'm, I'm skittish about telling Van Lathan, the person who's a like a character assassinator in the office. Okay. Like, Real, you're willing no, to, to... Okay, all jokes aside, I'm being serious here. Because we're going to put this entire podcast on Instagram Live. This right here, it's all going on Instagram Live. The whole thing. I'm serious. The people want to know... IGTV, but I know what you're saying. Oh, IGTV, excuse me. The people want to know. How often? I'm not going to answer. I'm not going to give you that. Why? I, I, I just told you on principle why... It's not even about, yeah, if, if like, I was talking to Austin, sure, like, whatever, we're chopping it up. We're on a podcast that gets pushed out to tens of thousands of people. Right. And By you the way, are not the enough people. You, we need more listeners And you the are the pill. person in the office who takes <clears throat> information and uses it against someone as a weapon. Like, it, like it's right, your listen, own, like, listen, AK-47. Listen, here's the deal. I, I'm not really interested, just to let you know, in how much this happens or if it doesn't happen. It's not none of my business. But I think it's an important exercise to help you loosen up. And help you be I'm a more pretty loose, dude. No, I don't think that you are, dog. No, and, and the reason why you I was the one person in the office who get me tighten up, you. Right? No, you. Well, like, that's not true. You. I, I, really, I really think I really. I, everyone, you ask anyone in this office, I'm probably one of the most relaxed, even keel people in this office. No, even when I'm talking to Harvey, I'm like, yeah, well, Harvey, what do you need? Okay, cool, right on. I'll get you that right away. Right. And then we, and then you, it's like it's gotta be a text chain or like you know, oh well, you know, it's all right about this and all about that. Well, here's like, the deal. And, here's and, the deal. And, and, here's, here's the deal. I'm saying, let's say a seven week span. Like, excuse I, me, a seven day span. You're not gonna get span. an answer. Uh, uh, you, Sunday to Sunday to like Saturday, because that's is that se wait, seven. That's like six. Yeah, that's six days. Six days, yeah, whatever. Yeah. So it's a seven. It's seven days in a week, though, right? Jesus Christ. So seven days in a week. How many times would you say? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna answer days. that question because. All right. So this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna give you blocks. I'm gonna give you blocks. So ten to twelve. Five to ten. Ten to twelve. Five to yeah. What are you like? What are you talking? Are you talking about times? Or are you talking about like amount of uh, times? Like like, like times during the day? Like during ten to twelve? I'm like no no no. I'm not going to town. No, I'm that, saying I'm saying during, I'm saying from, ten to from twelve. After the morning meeting. No, between I'm saying, now I'm and then and lunchtime. I'm just to going 12, to town. And, ten to twelve total times. Like ten to twelve total no, times. No, stop. Just I, this is not. I'm asking. Oh, this these are your blocks. Ten to twelve times. You can keep doing this. Then you or, got or, five to ten, and then you got below again, five for I, one I'll whole repeat, week. Tens of thousands of people who are. I, I, you maybe have like five people still listening. Can this I right ask now. you? That's okay. Like, but can't. Get, but but the five people that are still listening, you know why they're listening? Because they want you to answer this question. Ten to twelve, mm -hmm. five to ten, under five. I'm not gonna answer the question. Fuck it. We out. Listen. <laughs> let me tell. Let, let, let me tell you something real quick. Never befriend people who are afraid of their truth. Everyone in this room knows that Maddie jacks off between 14 and 20 times a week. A week? Twice a day. And if we have vacation time at TMZ, it goes through the roof. Okay? We all know this. That's not humanly possible. Oh, it's possible. Yeah, for you, you fucking creep. Yeah, like, oh, it's definitely possible. Yeah. I love you guys. 
Uh, Maddie Jack's off all the time. We will be back next week. Haven't decided which podcast it's going to be, but it's going to be a great one. I love you. Uh, happy birthday to me. Thank you. I appreciate you guys. I will work for you guys. Mama, everything that you see, everything that I am, is all because of you. I love you, Crystal. Bye-bye.